Ben McCann. Greetings. Welcome to Wake the Dead. Today, we are very fortunate and happy to have our re returning guest, Miss Julia from Cosmic Peach Podcast. Julia, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so excited for this. <laughs> it's been six months or more since we've worked wow. together. Wow. It's been a while. Holy crap. When we uh, talked about Nope, is that uh, last time, I think? Yeah, that was in July. Wow. Uh, Can you believe it's been that yeah, long? It's pretty good. And there's been a lot of good movies in between, too. Like, uh, yeah. Some good stuff to look at, like, and other stuff to pick apart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it, today's not going to be about movies. Well, I guess in a general it is. But we're going to be talking about a movie star. You, uh, you came to my show and spoke with us about... Uh, uh, Tuesday Weld, and uh, that she she is the quintessential Hollywood dark occult priestess, I guess. And we really got into that on that show, and it was very fun and informative. And uh, I'm doing my own uh, little project right now, and I'm I got to a point that involves Marilyn Monroe, and uh, I remember that you've done two shows on your uh podcast cosmic peach about marilyn monroe and you went pretty deep on it and you kind of covered the whole aspect the whole gamut of of her life and what she's all about and uh i kind of wanted to just interview you talk to you about her and see how she fits in the mold of monarch mind control victim because mm -hmm. it's been said many times that marilyn monroe is the uh the first public presidential trauma-based mind-controlled slave that the public has been exposed to or or became famous at least the first the, the first famous one uh do you think do you agree with that from your research have you found that Yes, and this is going to be great, and I have not told you about this yet because I wanted to wait till we were recording, but I got one of the listeners um, sent me a message through my link tree, and they said, I just wanted you to know I really loved the Marilyn Monroe episode, but could you please do it without two shitbirds? who are just interjecting useless shit the whole time. And oh, I was like, okay, okay, I feel that. And so the wheels started turning in my mind how maybe I could present it in even a more in-depth way on a solo episode, but they're so exhausting to put together when it's just you and the microphone and you're mm -hmm. trying to find everything. But this is where the fire meets the fire because I have so much information and you have so much information and we're putting it together awesome. and you're not just a shit bird that's going to reject <laughs> useless information. Well, <it's>, thank you. <laughs> so. 
I appreciate that. I and I hope that they didn't gonna take get, offense. Like, to... Well, <laughs> anyway, I think that the listeners are going to get a more comprehensive view of what's going on, not just the blatant misconceptions with her death that all of these documentaries keep trying to say she was so depressed and she just wanted to end it all. And that's absolutely a thousand percent not what happened. And then there's a whole other aspect to it where she was a thousand percent a victim her entire life, a victim of MK Ultra, a victim of mind control, a victim of stardom, a victim of mental health. I mean, she suffered and was tormented her entire life in some way. And I didn't even scratch the surface, really, when I went into it, because it's such a vast topic. You have to hit certain points as you go along. So I kept hitting these points like, this was the autopsy report. This is the crime scene. This is why this is a lie. This is why this is a lie. But if we back up, there is so much more to this story. Way before she was dead, she right. had a whole conspiracy theory going. Right. Yeah, she, so, um, like, the, uh, are you, you're familiar with Kathy O'Brien, uh, are you familiar with Bryce Taylor as well, she did Thanks for the Memories, uh, they were also, they were trauma-based, mind-controlled slaves, uh, subjected to satanic ritual abuse. As children, they were sold into the cult. And the cult used them, uh, changed them through trauma to make them slaves. And when I read Bryce Taylor, Sue Ford's story, I'm thinking this is Marilyn Monroe's story too. Uh, is that, do you think that? Yes. And I actually read kathy o'brien's book because i wanted to cover john benet ramsey mm, right and so she's very integral in a lot of conspiracy theories actually and people want to say she's fringe or she's got mental illness and she's made all this stuff up wake up guys the truth is way the fuck darker than you could ever imagine she's not fringe she's not making it up and if you can see it through multiple different cases, it's hard to dismiss because we see it in the case of John Bonet. We see it in the case of Marilyn Monroe. But that's not the only two. I mean, don't get me wrong, but that's who people would more commonly recognize. Because but of the beauty pageantness of that whole scene, because Marilyn Monroe was like a beauty pageant her whole life, basically. The yes, same thing. Okay. she was. And she changed everything about herself and became her altar <laughs> to achieve success. Right. She gave up that pure, innocent version of herself, the person who was born into this world as Norma Jean. That person is dead and was dead long before Marilyn Monroe was dead. Yeah. Because she succumbed to her alter ego. 
And that is what satanic ritual abuse is. Yes. Yeah. Splitting the mind, uh, causing uh, dissociative identity disorder. Um, and those each can be programmed through trauma and ritual and drugging, mostly trauma. <laughs> and this kind of, uh, it, it causes a change in the mind. Um, one of my uh, uh, friends now, uh, she was just on my show, the last episode, Carrie Alahe. She too is a satanic ritual abuse survivor. And uh, she, she has the same, she has the same story too. Um, she talks about eyes wide shut, like, oh yeah, I get that because that's what it is. Um, she, uh, she has had parts and that's the same with, you know, speaking to her, I'm learning more about how the splits work. And um, so each individual part is partitioned off and each one can be called up with uh, hypnosis uh, by the handler. And um, this, uh, this switching keeps the memories separated. So in that there, I mean, they could be tortured forever and still not know the information that the torturer is looking for. So this is like the best tool for espionage and um, spy craft, you know? Um, and if you can, like we've seen with MK Ultra with the um, Midnight Climax, where they used, they would drug, they used hookers to drug men and see how they could manipulate them mentally. They would, mm -hmm. they would have sex with them and they would suggest things and they would give them the drug. <laughs> and that's what Bryce Taylor was doing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like these people are, they are integral to the plan of the new world order in order to have this um, Hollywood and the music stars and all this, like we need to have that Sasha fierce Beyonce demonized victim up there on stage because, uh, you know, otherwise you can't control it. If you like, they, they want to control the artist. They want to control what's happening and what's being said. Um, other, other stars that, that weren't MK Ultra'd, they're controlled with drugs, you know, and they're made made to overdose. Like, um, I guess I'm going on and on, but the the, the partitions of the mind uh, and the 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 switching and the alters. You say that you think that Marilyn had an alter personality that was visible, recognizable to you. You saw separate personalities in Marilyn. I think that the main beast of them was Marilyn Monroe. That was the alpha personality that took over. Because she was, if you go back in time and look at her as a young adult, she had red hair, I want to say, or dirty blonde kind of brownish hair. And hardly any makeup very innocent young girl and she became Marilyn Monroe 
And Marilyn Monroe, I think, is an altar. Right. But if you're talking about the partitions, another way to for people to think about it is compartmentalization of the personalities. They don't always interact with each other. Some of them aren't even aware of another personality. They have their own memories. They have their own lives. And if you have the trigger word to bring forth a certain personality, you have control over that person. And I've learned a lot about satanic ritual abuse from, you know, the people we were talking about earlier, but also studying Paul Benassi because, man, that is a rabbit hole. Like, yeah, fuck. whoa, yeah, like fuck, yeah. And I had someone gross. Said, it's gross. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And I had someone say, I've watched a lot of SRA interviews with people and I just can't believe a single one because they think that when when you see when you see Paul Benassi change into those other personalities and they have their own name and they have their own, then they're not really aware of each other. It it looks theatrical and you're you're like oh, okay come on guy like really okay now we're talking to peter now oh sure we are it's very very real yeah it's yeah. very real the same way that people can't seem to think how can psychopaths do that you know how do they how do they torture children how do they make war you know but we don't think like them so we can't fathom like, how does that work? You know, and so we'd rather it just makes us feel comfortable to be like, that's not true. Because mm -hmm. we don't want that to be true. It's too scary, you know. Even when you're watching an interview with Paul Benassi and he's literally going into another personality as he's sitting right there in front of you, it's kind of even hard to watch because you see the guy struggling and suffering and they go into protective mode and that's when another personality comes out right that's what it's all about it's like and a, it's it's, like it's from the reflex. trauma right mm -hmm. like uh the way that we go into shock when we're getting eaten by a lion same thing their body they are receiving the same shock as being eaten by a lion when they're being raped and tortured and bled and whatever else like put in a coffin or you know, like you fed feces, like it's, I mean, they're it, like more than you could imagine. That's what they've done to, to harm these little children. And uh, they call them a butterfly because the butterfly starts as a pupa. And then when it's done through, when it's finished with the process, it's this wonderful, magical thing that's so beautiful and special. And that's how they view the MK Ultra, the monarch victims. They're butterflies as opposed to the pupa of regular humanity. Once you put them through that trauma, then it creates this, this amazing thing that has uh, more psychic abilities sometimes, like photographic memories sometimes, like. These things can be programmed. All of the, um, you know, people say that humans only use 10% of their brain or whatever. Uh, shock and trauma can cause us to use those things to stay alive. 
and that's part of the process. They, it's a scientific application of this trauma. So, um, and yeah, actually, ancients knew how to activate different parts of their brain by hmm. becoming demonized. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's kind of glorified now in everybody wants to have this awakening experience where they're triggering d these different parts of their brain. But what they don't understand is whether you understand it or not, you're becoming demonized when you practice these rituals to open up these other parts of your mind. Do you think a SRA victim is happy they can use that other 90%? I bet you they fucking don't. No, no, <laughs> you know what no. I'm saying? Like it's never not, worth. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not, not where I don't want to see into the beyond. I don't want to <laughs> commune with spirits. No. I just want to live a normal life. Drop and, acid once in a while and you'll be right. fine. I mean, <laughs> That's all you on. need. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that's what happened with Marilyn. I think that she was just this young kid that she had what all of us have deep down is this ambition that someone somewhere one day is going to remember our name. Somebody somewhere is going to idolize us. And it's a very selfish thing to say that, but it's a very human thing to say that. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I want to be on TV. I want to be a star. I want to be this or that. And I'm sure Marilyn was just like any other girl that grew up and wanted to be a model and in the movies. And they were like, okay, sure. Was she poor? Tell me yeah. about, do you know about her family? Yeah, she was she was damn near indigent, you know, and I think she had horrible relationships with both of her parents. She was a prime candidate. She was a very viable candidate for the program because she already grew up with a little bit of trauma. You grow up as a poor kid hmm. with a shitty relationship with your parents. You're it's prime season right. for programming. <laughs> right. Yeah, we know that. For, I mean, uh, Kathy O'Brien was poor. Her father, um, a pedophile, already abusing her, sold her into the to the government for that. Um, Sue Ford too, uh, sold into it. She was auctioned, actually, like she was groomed by an uncle or whatever, and then he went and sold her to like dressed her up like a like a. Um, like a in vegas you know the showgirl like a showgirl with feathers put her up on stage and dude all the guys were bidding on her yeah because bob hope won was, the bid like okay it was nothing to them to do that kind of stuff because people who abuse children were abused as children maybe yeah and so i actually think that that's part of the programming as well you don't see your kids as little angels that you've been so blessed to have you see your children as all right time to get into the family business go put your thong on sissy and get up on stage yeah but like marilyn literally grew up in orphanages she grew up in orphanages she grew up in foster homes she felt like nobody loved her she said that she felt she was hideous even after they did all the plastic surgery, gave her a nose job, gave her a boob job, freaking suctioned her stomach out, bleached her hair blonde, did all this stuff. She was fucking every major star and politician in a five-mile radius, but still thought she was hideous. 
And it comes from never feeling loved. And that's also what they look for. That's that's a red flag to them. Or not a red flag. It's probably a green flag to them. <laughs> hey, this kid's never felt love in their life and they hate themselves. But yeah. they want something from us. They think that they will be satisfied if they can become this person. So let's give it to them. And she ended up being one of the most essential players in the whole conspiracy theory with um, like Peter Lawford and going over to his house and they recorded all these tapes and she was getting information from high ranking politicians and all of this stuff. She was massively essential to their plan. Okay, so that's important. She was getting information from politicians. So that is one of the roles that they do. Uh, Sue Ford or Bryce Taylor would be used by Kissinger. She, Kissinger was the other owner there. She was co-owned. Two people bought her. And uh, Kissinger and the government would send her away they would be like they would schedule um well you're gonna go on a vacation with your husband you know and she thinks it's just normal our front personality is like oh yeah we're going to hawaii to do this thing and then like they are there waiting you know and then when she gets there they trigger her other altar and her husband also is was a multiple who they just made him go to park mode where he just sits there you know she like swims <laughs> oh my up. god dude i swear and like she swims like in the water to like some rich person's house and like goes and like does some like goes and tells information brings information back you know um and she did the same thing where she would uh visit like um neil diamond or barbara streisand and give them mm. certain lines to put in their music, you know, like while she was having sex with them, she would like tell them these words that go in and then the, the artist puts them on the paper and thinks that they thought of them. Sex <laughs> and the, magic. Right. Yeah. Sex magic. <laughs> yeah. And like, she was just doing it cause she's programmed to do it like that. <clears throat> so, uh, Seems to me that's what Marilyn was doing, right? Mm -hmm. Who was she mm -hmm. talking to? She was talking to the mob, the Kennedys? She was talking to the mob, the Kennedys, Frank Sinatra, uh, this guy named Sam Giancana, who was real high up in the mob, Johnny Roselli, real high up in the mob. Uh, you name it, she was fucking them. And the problem is, is even the person that you were talking about they don't pick ugly chicks to do this. No, no, no. They need them to be a certain level of attractiveness or else this doesn't work. Right. You're not going to send a fat fucking cow over to the Kennedy's house and be like, go on, Barb, get some info. It doesn't work like that. That's why That's why Tuesday Weld was so successful. Oh, they, yeah. they damn near worshipped the ground she walked on. So, yeah, so, yeah yeah <clears throat> and if they like genetics and if they really like bloodlines and shit that's what they prize most is like the genealogy they want to take that for their own mix it you know like uh, like the royal family in england 
they need to get some outsiders every now and again because they got all the hemophilia and all these other like diseases that, diseases yeah. and they have like some weird clamp job <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're like they're obsessed with corgis called. like they what the hell's wrong with them but anyway like yeah. they you know they have like i mean they have some because of the inbreeding so mm -hmm. The, they value the genetics of the beauty, um, so that's highly sought after. Plus, I mean, uh, for their espionage, they need beautiful. Like you said, you can't send fat Barb in there to go. You, know. you can't. And the thing about Marilyn is, they, there's this new saying that I just heard somebody I work with say the other day, and it bothered me because. She said she was going to go do something. And I was like, oh, girl, that is so toxic. Why would you do that? You're polluting your body. And she said, oh, you know what they say. Die young and leave a beautiful corpse. And I was like, listen, 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 <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Listen, mm. I, it's okay to die old and leave a decent corpse. Okay. <laughs> like there is no, the reason why people forever will remember her name and her beauty is because she was tortured her entire life and then slaughtered in a sacrifice and people wear her face on t-shirts and shit. And by the way, I do have a hoodie that has Lemon Monroe, but it's like for conspiracy purposes. She's always, <laughs> she has like a magnifying glass, like who killed me? <laughs> but if you think about how they're still profiting off of her, even after her death, I mean, think about it. That was perfect for them. Yeah. Yeah. They could use her in so many different ways. I mean, so they could send her in between, like the mob mobsters wanted her mm -hmm. and they were trading her like, like business, like trading cards, you know? And um, so she was able to manipulate all of their egos. Uh, you know, everybody wants the pretty lady to love me, you know? And, so that too has a power you know and so they can get them working against each other frank sinatra was hating on this dude because he was banging her and then he wanted it he was pissed at kennedy for not showing up at some party like she, so yeah and she unfortunately i do see some uh maybe not unfortunately but i do see some of her humanity in this whole situation well that's good <laughs> Because, I mean, it, I can't imagine being her. I'll tell you that. I can't imagine living her life. And she did tell her psychiatrist in recorded tape sessions that she felt that she was highly in love with John F. Kennedy, that she was going to be with him, that he was just going to leave Jackie and they were going to run off into the sunset, poor woman. And she really loved him. And he probably played a big part to do in what happened to her. I mean, she didn't have anyone who truly ever loved her. And that's also part of it. You can't really get close to anyone when you're in the programs like that. Do you think while she was saying that she was in the altar that's supposed to love Kennedy? Because they don't do that know. too. They like, this is your dude. You love him now. Or, and then, okay. Uh, and then, like, she could be just doing her altar. Damn. I never thought about that. Mm. Never like, thought about that. Because 
Bryce Taylor also uh, was used by the Kennedys. Oh and, my God! Like he would like she, you know, she would give him a BJ like every day in the limo, like you know he would do whatever, and um, she was young and stuff, and then and she was used to break in the little Kennedys, like the kids were, when they got to be like twelve or something, like what? Yeah, yeah, like RFK Jr. probably the guy running for president probably like did had whatever, so um the whole family was was rotten like uh the ted kennedy she said that he couldn't uh finish or ejaculate if he wasn't physically beating the woman like oh my god like beyond like like pummeling the girl what that's the only way ted kennedy could could get it could make it happen for him that's what yeah and but jfk was very nice and he acted very loving and kind and bryce taylor fell for him too she's like oh i love this guy this guy is so nice to me you know all i gotta do is give him a bj he's like all kind and he would like talk with her and bring her places and like so no wonder like she marilyn also felt loving towards jfk because he wasn't an abuser like i mean he was like she was underage but he wasn't like physically beating or like he was kind of yeah. delicate with them right right <laughs> oh bless their he was a, he was a gentleman uh while he was raping the underage girl <laughs> i mean in uh, the thing is i feel like she wrote things down in her journal entries and i don't know if she wrote in an altered state right that happens a lot but she did write things and they the night that she was murdered they broke into the locked filing cabinets and everywhere that she kept her personal journals and they confiscated everything i mean right. they confiscated all the journals they went to the psychiatrist they got all the tapes they did a very thorough job all of the tape recordings from um the taps that they had in her house they so, confiscated it all. Is, all this, is this legal like i mean what was going on? so i mean so the fbi was wiretapping her because they wanted to get kennedy right and then the FBI other... was tapping her because they were monitoring the, her the mob, influence right. with the mob. Okay. The mob was tapping her because she was fucking RFK and JFK. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I wonder if they found the other ones like wiretap, like, oh, or like, you know, the bug in the house, like, oh, what's this? That's not one of mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> while they're placing the new ones. <laughs> oh, man. So, and okay. I made the joke that she was double tapped metaphorically <laughs> and physically because oh, the poor woman had trains being ran on her yeah. from the government, the mob, the Kennedy brothers, whoever else. And right. maybe she did feel in her actual non-altered state some type of love and connection for john f kennedy maybe she did or maybe it was programming that got her to feel affectionate towards him because she didn't really feel that type of connection with robert even right. though she was still fucking him <laughs> well she had to 
It was right. the job. It's the job. So that part, yes, I do think that that the whole double tap thing was probably <laughs> programming. But the <laughs> fact that she felt actual love right. for one and not the other, I it don't. Might be true. Yeah. I don't but, know. Yeah, because they. I mean, yeah. I guess I already said that point. So like, okay. So Marilyn. Uh, is she like so she's like used as a symbol do you i mean do you like see her influence post her demise now in the media and such do you think that is related to monarch oh yeah do you do they do that on purpose do they put those together do you think yeah i think so let's let's think of a few things here that she was the face of. Okay. Diamonds. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you know, and mm -hmm. I did briefly touch on this before, but she was the face of diamonds. Mm. She was the face of many things. Many, many things. Kim Kardashian oh, yeah. got her butt implants removed so she could fit into Marilyn's dress and wear it to the... <laughs> grammys or some shit she should have kept them removed because those things are probably toxic like what the they hell? are toxic as shit but <laughs> think and about, she still ripped the dress like what the fuck she still ripped it because her huge thunder thighs yeah, but the, you know when, when we talk about the here's another problem is is they use Marilyn to promote women in this self-love and self-worship movement, which I feel like is highly occult, do what thou wilt and worship up the mm. self. That is yeah, that is an awful mindset. Oh my god, it's so toxic. And they Satanism. use Marilyn as like a campaign for this self-love movement where you should be curvy, you should be thick. Look at Marilyn. She oh. always um, embraced her curves and da-da-da. Woman was a size six. She wasn't obese. She wasn't overweight. She was a normal, healthy, decent-sized woman. And they use her as the face of this, eat what you want, embrace your curves, be fat, don't take care of yourself. And they're using Marilyn as, yeah. as the face of this. And for me, I'm like, yeah, she was curvy. She looked like a regular woman though she wasn't starving herself or taking laxatives or doing any of that weird <laughs> shit she was just a size six regular woman right but they use her to kind of propagate this whole thing where even back in the day Marilyn was thick for her time and she wasn't she didn't care she just did whatever she wanted to she wasn't unhealthy though she wasn't pre-diabetic no yeah some of the people nowadays is really scary and it's very on the scary. cover of the magazine. And do you think that maybe it's because the people that are fat and they're trying to the, the media is trying to convince them to keep being fat and keep buying their products and eating the poison. And then like they relate to this Marilyn. Look, Marilyn's like me. And then they can wear the Marilyn fake, like they can imagine they have a face like Marilyn and they even though they're like a big walrus or like hippopotamus, they still inside, I'm Marilyn inside, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, because because they they have worshipped her like an idol for many, many years. And oh. it's a form of idolatry. I think it's pretty gross, actually. We should just let her rest in peace. My God, she was tortured her entire life. But yet we still the the thing that struck me when you said that is when I was in high school, it was extremely popular to go to your local tattoo shop and get a permanent hole punctured through your face in the form of what is called a Monroe piercing. And so people, all the popular girls. Does water school, drip out when you're drinking like a hole dude, in your cheek? Dude, wow. she was, you know, she has the mole right above her yeah. upper lip right there. Wow. So you would go to the tattoo shop. You'd say, I want a Monroe piercing. And I had one. <laughs> but it's I just a little hole. hole. It's just like an earring, right? It's just a little, like, it's I not mean, like a, it's you bigger don't than gauge it earring. out. Like, right? okay. They do, they do. Because wow. the gauge that they pierce it with is way bigger than an earring piercing. It's oh. the same gauge that they would pierce your tongue or your nose with or your eyebrow. So the hole never closes really fully. It might close on the inside, but I still have a scar. Mm, and, yeah. you know, at the time, my mom was like, please don't put holes in your face. And I said, <laughs> fuck you, mom. It's everybody's doing it. And it's still there. I'd probably have to get a fucking laser surgery to remove it. But the thing is, she passed away in the 60s. In in 2020, uh, no, it wasn't. It was 2009. Right. We're still piercing right. our bodies and buying makeup and to pay right. homage to this woman. Wow. Why is she such an idol? She's the golden calf. Wow. And why is that? You know, um, I think it might relate to Ishtar worship. It definitely does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because like. If you look at Eyes Wide Shut, those women are playing the role of Ishtar. And Ishtar was the goddess of, of uh, like, a sexual love and uh, political power, you know, among many other things. She and, is Ishtar in the fact that she never had any children. Mm, yeah. Come on, they sterilize you in those programs. Yeah, probably. No time for babies, Marilyn. Yeah. She was probably sterilized at a young age. Right. She can't be fucking all these political dudes and fucking all these mobsters and having babies. That's going to foil their plan. Well, yeah, you're right. Until they want her to have babies. I mean, they could maybe program her to not, you know... They could like put an internal clock on, in her so that she knows her ovulation and like so that it doesn't happen. I mean, maybe that because like they do like to use the offspring because dissociation is a, a, a genetic, well, epigenetic that comes from the parents. But hmm. her being an orphan, I don't know if they were so concerned oh, right. about her genetics as right, much as right. they were. If you have babies, you're not going to be sexy anymore. And we sense. need you to be like the goddess yeah. of sex and right. money and greed and <laughs> and uh, lusting. And if you get pregnant, fuck you, Marilyn, and your fucking pregnant belly and your yeah. fucking yeah. bump and all that. They're not. So Makes it was sense. almost like I think that they do sterilize certain ones of them in the program because it's like 
dude, your job isn't to get pregnant and be a mom. Right, right. She cried all the time and said that she wanted to be a mom and mm. that she just couldn't get pregnant. Mm, wonder why. Wow. And so, wow. yeah, I do think that's part of it. And to kind of get into a little bit of the the actual death of Marilyn, I want to get your thoughts on some things and then we can kind of yeah. interact with other things as we okay. go. But something that I haven't been able to place my finger on that you always have a keen insight into is the fact that she died on August 4th, 1962, and the 6-2 is an 8 as well. But she was then buried on 8-8-62, so we have 8-8-8, died on 8-4-8, buried on 8-8-8. And I'm um, always talking to you about this August connection and the yeah. fucking eights and shit. And yeah. I, I just was wondering if you had any insight into why that might be significant to her death. I think August 4th is the is the Lion's Gate. Maybe that's July. But there's a time... It's like peak summer. It's a little bit after peak summer. And maybe it's 8-8. Eight, eight. I think it is. That was when Lahaina got burned, right? 8-8? Eight, mm-hmm. eight. Yeah, that's the Lion's Gate. So that is like a constellation um, that is like above our heads and uh, doing what it does. <laughs> you know, I need to learn more about that. But um, yeah, the 8-8 eight, eight is, is the king's or the lion's gate uh and there's like a, a movie company named lion's gate and stuff it's probably significant to their occult uh i should look it up i guess <laughs> i wish well, I, the thing I, about I, it if is, you warned me i would have been prepared but go ahead. no 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 that's okay because i'm always bothering you about the eights <laughs> because they're always coming up right and you know i've hypothesized on the infinity symbol and I've hypothesized on the snake eating its tail and the Leo and all this stuff that's connected <laughs> to eight. But I really can't. I mean, it's it's just me theorizing. Mm. But they don't typically do things on an accident. I think that also uh, seven was like a set of complete, a complete set of numbers. And I think that eight might be like the next one after I, I don't know like uh beyond like that's why it's an infinity symbol because it's beyond seven right and um oh 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 something i learned from you the octagon yeah tesseract the tesseract right. yeah right the octagon is like a two-dimensional shadow of a four-dimensional tesseract if you uh the pattern is all encapsulated within an octagon and that is huge with like the Muslims and stuff. You go to like the, um, their temples are like octagonal. So, and um, in the dark Isn't occult, that where they have like their, like the wrestling matches or something or like MMA. Or oh like yeah. That's octagon an octagon. That's and, also an octagon. Yeah. And right. then like police wear octagon. Yeah. So that's, that's what, yeah. Mark Passio talks about that. Um, so like, uh, people should check out like um, occult mockery of police and the military. It's a really good presentation by Mark. But he uh, basically the octagon is like um, 
it's a two-dimensional representation of the tesseract and the tesseract is a representation uh, of the mind cage it's like a mental prison like uh, the satanists that have a satanic philosophy they um a lot of times they it's like a gnostic kind of idea where they they love lucifer as like this other being and then like they're kept here uh, trapped here in this realm by the demiurge and like the tesseract is like the fourth dimension it's like beyond the third dimension right but also uh like it's it's a it's it's an extruded cube right so the internal cube when they represent when they try to represent it it's like a looks like a a gif or something that's just going forever and it's the internal cube extrudes out to the outer one and then there's the the outer one goes into the inner one again it's almost like a like infinity a, of cubes yes like a toroidal kind of like a donut i guess you know if it was going to be circular but um so like you can never escape the cage you're like it's always the inner cage is always stuck within the outer cage and to them if they can keep us all in a in a mental cage they can rule the outer cage of this reality it's like uh, better to rule in hell than to you know their whole philosophy there so um so like the the octagon represents the mind control that they put us under so that's why they put the police hat is eight sides at the top and it's placed right above their crown chakra because their crown chakra is where your soul connects to the outer web of the infinite being i guess uh and like so they're blocking that off it's like it's like putting a cap on their toothpaste tube and now they can't connect um so like that uh you'll find like um there's if you go to the philadelphia city hall and if you walk underneath there's like a little pathway where you can go where they where they actually have the cornerstone right there in that room and if you look they put in the pillars holding up the structure of city hall this is and this is the biggest masonic building built that's freestanding with no mortar it's like and it's right next to the masonic hall of philadelphia which is huge for masons you know anyway um so like you there's four pillars in this room this space and if you look it's the four like main races of humanity you got the american indians and you got the chinese and the africans and the europeans i guess i don't know what the other one but anyway and they're all it's like a bunch of them around the pillar and they're all working hard to hold up the weight of this structure and what what they're holding up is an octagon <laughs> yeah yeah holding them down <laughs> oh my god yeah and that's what holds up the structure of government like wow it's so poetic and it's right there at the cornerstone people should check it out um but anyway philadelphia uh, yeah philly, philly. that's wow. why they destroy philadelphia so hard because that's like that's that's the place where we almost 
made freedom happen for the individual, but it's also the place where the Satanists like. There's a lot going on in Philadelphia. People should check out Ross Ben. He talks about the ley lines that cross at Philadelphia. It's like a sacred spot where the indigenous people had mounds there. And then that was taken over by the Freemasons that came. And uh, What? So the Freemasons built on top of it, right? Right. To like put their satanic energy into the system instead of. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like that's that dude's great ross ben uh, he's from they, philly they know shit like they're not dummies they right. they pick these specific spots right. for a reason well yeah saint peter's basilica is built on the temple of kybel who is <laughs> oh wow who's like the she's basically samiramis uh well the same as like uh ishtar it's like, mm-hmm. and she was the magna mater to the Romans, and like they just put that's where St. Peter's Basilica is. And that's like, so that is a, an ancient occult. And they did gender bending, like they would, uh, the priests of Cybele would, the males would cut off their genitalia. And the, the virgin women were used as whores for the church. They would give money to the church, wow. they would sell their little. Boontangs. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so like that's what that's what Marilyn Monroe was. She was a whore was. for the government and she was like given a, a, like do you think that um it was the like the orphanages picked her out? There people like maybe cult people that were there working was like, "Oh, she's a good one. She's really clingy and she's really she doesn't think anybody loves her and like do you Dude, think there that? are so many Satanists that work at daycares and yeah. Whoa. for Scary. government orphanages and for foster care systems. Mm. They and, and the the problem is when I say that is it scares people and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Yeah. And if you've ever met anyone who's been through foster care after foster care after foster care, grown up in orphanages, they're not very happy people. Yeah. And that is, that is for a reason. Yeah. Used up. Yeah. So I'm sure that they probably spotted her and somebody was clever enough Mm -hmm. to say that's a good one right there. Right. Paul Bonacci came from Boys Town, which also is an orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, you know, happened on the male side too. But so like this probably that orphanages plus the orphanages are run, a lot of them are run by the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And you know about the Catholic mm-hmm. Church and children. <laughs> so oh, yeah. like that whole thing. And then uh so Well, they need boys too, because right. a lot of a lot of the politicians want boys. Yeah sick yeah but think about it they're not just gonna say oh find me the pretty girls they're also gonna say find me the damaged boys and then they will ask you do you want little girls or do you want little boys or you want one of both Mm. and then they promised paul benassi all of this stuff and said you're gonna be a politician and you're gonna (laughs) go to foreign countries and you're gonna do this and that that no that didn't that didn't happen. They, they'll they tell you whatever. And I'm sure that they told Marilyn, although she is iconic and forever will be, 
I'm sure that they told her she'd have everything that she ever desired right. if she would just do this thing or just do that thing or it'll be over in a minute. We just have to put some demons in it. It'll be over in a minute. Just the tip, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the demons. Uh, man. Yeah. Um, Carrie uh, Olaje said that she was at this point in her life, she would have already like this would have been her last year. 35 or whatever um but she should have been already uh, like uh, in quotes illuminati queen like because she was supposed to be ruling over a certain sector of the new world order and like you know her first job was to like hunt down people that were running away from the cities and after that's all done and everybody's like in the cities and all the stragglers are are done then then the people would take over their post, you know, and she would be, you know, and so she was like prepared to be this queen of like a ruler of a land. <laughs> like that's what they told her. I mean, luckily she got free because like she would have been done this year. Like mm. every breath now is like total freedom. Like I'm so proud of her. It's great. But anyway, I, I, I interviewed a woman named uh, Dr. Juliet Engel. And she wrote a book on SRA and she was, they pretty much just used her for sex magic. And she was, I wanted so bad to be like, stop fucking with me and tell me what really all that entails. But she didn't, she kind of danced around the subject, you know, because I wanted her to say, this is how it works. You get on the penis, you start pumping away, <laughs> and you whisper these incantations. This is how it works. But she wouldn't. She was very yeah. uh, reserved and modest about how she described it. And while she was very vivid in the torture part that happened to her and the um, horrible things that she saw other children go through, she did not describe in very much detail what it was she was doing. And I almost mm. think that it's too traumatic for her. She can't talk about it. Right. It might, it, she might have been programmed to feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, to keep that part. But, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, it's it's tough for them to remember because they've been separating those memories so long you know uh might be tough to remember those things but the torture is like screaming at them they mm-hmm. they can't forget that you know um but when they think and they they let it like trickle in it, it does come eventually and then uh, usually it comes at about like 28 to like 32 or in there that's range. how old she was Yeah, that's how old she was. And it actually coincided with the birth of her first child. And she said she was just looking at her baby daughter one day and it just all flooded back to her. And she was like, what the fuck? Right, right. And what's interesting about her and why I bring this up, and I think you'll find it interesting, Mm -hmm. is... People know me for some reason. I've done so many episodes about other things, but people know me for Laurel Canyon. And it's like a blessing and a curse because I get so many requests to talk about Laurel Canyon. And I'm like, damn, what else can I say? I feel like I've done a pretty (laughs) thorough job. But 
Um, so while I was researching Laurel Canyon, I came across this place and it was called Lookout Mountain Avenue or Lookout Mountain Laboratory or something like that. And it is, it still exists. It's still a building that you could go drive by if you tried to, but it was surrounded by an electrified fence and it had all of these underground chambers underneath it. And it was top secret classified but they produced 200,000 movies or something at this facility but no one knows what those movies are because they're all classified you had to have right. top secret clearance to get in there okay you see where i'm going with this and some of the names that were listed as having top secret clearance to get into this place are very interesting. And I'll circle back to that. But this woman I interviewed spoke very specifically about that place. She said she was there. She said she was there with a bunch of other kids and that they had these handlers that would come in and just dump kids into this circle and they would give them guns and be like, shoot each other. And she said she was always scared that she didn't want to. So they would come in and start shooting the kids in front of her. And she was like, I would look down like, oh, my God, was that me? Did I accidentally pull the trigger? Did I kill these kids? And this is where they made a lot of snuff films. And so one of the persons mentioned that had top secret clearance to this Lookout Mountain Laboratory was Marilyn Monroe. I think you're muted. Wow. I... Can you believe that? Wow. So when you talk to me about was she part of the program, was she? Absolutely. She knew some shit yeah. that would change history forever if she started talking. I don't. So a lot of people want to say, well, she was killed because she was going to talk. Maybe I think she was programmed that she would have never said a fucking word. The problem is, is she was getting sloppy, almost like there was a glitch in her programming because she kept doing things that were messy. Was she dancing around on TikTok video with knives? I mean, it it was it was about that level messy for 1962. Really? Wow. Mm hmm. Wow. Because they were doing things, she was doing things, and the Kennedys were like, don't come to my birthday party. Do not show up to my birthday party. And she was like, fuck you, I am going to show up. I'm going to wear a nude see-through dress that shows my pussy and my nipples and everything in front of your wife and all of America. I'm going to sing happy birthday to you, and then I'm going to grind on you all night. Tabloid pictures, they had to go and confiscate all of that shit. They had to threaten everybody's life to not print anything about it. I mean, she was doing some sloppy ass shit. Do you think that was somebody made her do that? It could very well be. Because look at what they did to Clinton. You know? I mean, they did just shoot Kennedy. They were just like, F this guy. But I mean, maybe they were just trying to really trying to mess with him. And mm -hmm. so they sent her in to do that in front of Jackie to really like in front of the American public and that idolized him. Yeah. 
and that and that's iconic her singing that and everybody i mean jim carrey sings it in his movies like yep you know like <laughs> of course jim carrey sang it in his movie <laughs> i forgot you did a show on jim carrey too I did. <laughs> yeah 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 wow so like it's so, okay it's such a spider web when you think about it because it really is I interview this this random woman after not she's not random I kind of knew about her but I cover Laurel Canyon I have all this information I don't know what to do with it then this woman comes on she's like oh yeah I was there I was there they make snuff films there and I already know Marilyn Monroe had top secret clearance to get into this place then I start research searching Marilyn I see all this weird stuff and I mean it's just one of the darkest people I've ever seen in my life is Marilyn Manson, and he pays oh. homage to her as well. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot about Marilyn Manson. Dude, he and he idolizes Hunter S. Thompson, by the way. You know what else? who else he idolizes is Charles Dodgson, whom everybody knows as, uh, what's the hell, is, um, the guy who wrote, Alice in Wonderland, Charles Dodgson is his real name, uh, who's a notorious pedophile. Took pictures of little oh, girls his whole life. So, so that was Lewis Carroll's. <laughs> Lewis Carroll, Carroll, yeah, Lewis Carroll. Um, that dude, uh, Marilyn Manson was going to make a movie about it. And like he already had, he like filmed parts of it and stuff and like hired girls and was filming it. And, and he was an admitted pedo. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis Carroll. You yeah. know was upset. So That's here's my problem. Like, here's he my took problem. Pic he took photographs and like wouldn't destroy them until the day he like after he died, he had it in his will to be for them to be destroyed. But he kept like he was looking at these naked kids his whole life. Oh my God. Yeah. But you know who else idolized him? And this is why I say all the stuff I say about Laurel Canyon and shit, and who else was tied in with Tuesday Weld? John Lennon. John Lennon fucking obsessed over Lewis Carroll. Right. I am the walrus. That came from Lewis Carroll. Yeah. That whole thing, like, if you really think about it, that is like, that I am the walrus song is all about the whole 60s movement and how, like, there's no more, sh like, there's there's no more oysters to shuck. Oh, like, the, all it's like the Pied Piper, you know, da -da -da, like... Mm -hmm. yeah that that whole thing and it's not as random as they make it out to be and know. i recently found out actually no it was when i did an episode on it like a year or so ago he john lennon said he was sexually attracted to his mother which makes me think that he probably was an abuse victim himself yeah maybe i mean in the dark occult they will uh the first time uh male has intercourse he's like initiated by his like his grandma <laughs> <laughs> it's like funny but i mean like the grand dame the like the the one who's like the top of the like the um you know the female orders that the totem pole yeah yeah the top of the totem pole right um she like is the one to initiate him in like a ritual and it's kind of like the ritual that they do with the king and uh, Samiramis, 
who represents Ishtar and the king who represents political power, fornicate every year, you know. Um, it's called the um, oh, Hyros Gamos, which is like, that's what it's called. It's like the union of the Samirmas character with the the king. And that's like a ritual that they'll do. And that's like, uh, so they'll have, it's, I don't know, it's pretty sick. But I mean, like the, anyway, that's, that might be, maybe he was um, initiated by an elder, you know what I mean? Into the, whatever it may be that, that John was a part of, you know. Uh, I mean, he definitely wrote enough about it in his music. It seems like a lot of his stuff was highly disturbed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. And I mean, they killed John, or they they killed fucking well, they killed John later, but they killed Paul. You know, probably I believe they did early, and they used that to threaten John the rest of the way. They're like, "You better do what we say, or we'll kill you like Paul and replace you." With oh some, my god! Definitely, <laughs> definitely. That's why it's like they Maxwell's been silver for hammer. Years. Yeah, I mean, like. It doesn't surprise me everyone's like Joe Biden's earlobes don't match. I'm like, dude, look at Paul McCartney. He doesn't have the <laughs> right. same fucking nose. Yeah, Are he's we like not going to talk about that? Yeah, he's like taller now than he used to be. He grew six inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, Joe Biden's earlobes, really? Yeah, yeah. So funny. I mean, if, granted, that was one of their first ones, maybe. <laughs> but they've worked out some kinks since then yeah <laughs> the thing is that also i mentioned in my more detailed episode about marilyn is all of the information on her death itself and all the inconsistencies how um people want to want to say that she wasn't tied up in the government she absolutely was and it's evident in her death because they tried so hard to cover up the evidence that she was murdered. And so it's just, it's weird to me because when they go to do the autopsy, they find absolutely no trace of tablets in her stomach whatsoever. Right. They find no refractive crystals, which is um, something that you'll find when you have an oral overdose of any type of medication you'll find refractive crystals none of those were found no tablets were found and then they find this like absurdly high level of nimbutal and chloral hydrate in her liver and it's so high that they can't believe they have no evidence of tablets in her stomach for the levels to be so high in her liver so they go back to retest the liver and they're like oopsie we lost all of her or all of her internal organs <laughs> that's um you know why they did that because they want those organs they're gonna use them like they they do stuff with them dark occult like they'll make like a They'll boil down fat and use it as lubricant for their sex rituals. I mean, they'll they'll eat the parts like 
uh it's pretty sick i don't know I, maybe i just got a really gross imagination or something but uh no they do all that stuff and yeah. they and they dry them out and they burn them right like incense and shit like a like a right. burnt offering That's and right. um they do they soak paper with the blood they do they do and then yeah. they burn it like a burnt offering exactly. and so people want to talk about oh you guys are totally out there fuck you <laughs> look it up <laughs> look, look it, up. it up yeah in a book <laughs> rainbow <laughs> that's great but no i think i think that some of the evidence that i've i've covered and the listeners can always go back and get the full details um in my more expansive episode on this but there was some weird fuckery afoot with the whole death scene and what they had found is that she was given a deadly enema and what they did was essentially load up a liquid chloral hydrate and nimbutol concoction and they held her down and administered it rectally and she died so rapidly that she probably didn't even understand that she was dying that's how fast it hit her bloodstream yeah uh wow and And they're not gonna look there with an autopsy the, well, the the autopsy examiner was a doctor named Dr. Thomas Noguchi, and he's done a lot of celebrities. He's actually really well-respected, and mm-hmm. no one's ever discredited him, but they have buried him. So it's kind of hard to find any really good information on the guy because mm-hmm. anytime he tries to come out and say, like, this is, this is inconsistent, this is wrong, they'll be like, bye-bye and bury a bunch of documentaries on how depressed she was on top of him saying that so they're like oh no Marilyn definitely killed herself she was so depressed I don't give a damn if she was depressed if she took a oral overdose of sedative drugs there would be some evidence that would turn up in the intestine there you are I see ya yeah you're right and that's um and the i mean when if they hold her down she's helpless and uh that you know that type of tissue in there is absorbs it's like you know the way that drugs absorb in your nose or whatever like uh it's like taking it to the dome pretty much right but it goes right to your bloodstream pretty much it goes straight to your bloodstream and the thing is is dr thomas noguchi noted that her colon was swollen and it was bluish purplish in in discoloration so it had received a violent overdose of sedative drugs but the thing that people don't those people are sick those people that did that they're sick as fuck holy fuck the, okay. the thing that people don't understand, though, is that chloral hydrate is the date rape drug. Why would anyone overdose themselves with enough date rape drug to kill an elephant and then on top of that, take what was the equivalent to 60 to 70 sleeping pills? 
Jesus. She You're would not going to survive. Yeah. You're not even going to get all of it down your throat before you're vomiting, which, by the way, there was no trace of regurgitated material anywhere at the death scene. And anybody who's ever died of a sedative oral overdose mm. regurgitates in their right. throats of death. So right. there's no regurgitated material. The second problem, among many problems, is that there are things called lividity markings, and that's what occurs to your body uh, after you die as your blood settles. Right. So they can tell if a body's been moved or what position a body died in based on the lividity markings. And in Marilyn's case, they find that she has lividity markings that suggest she died face down with her head hanging off the bed, legs spread, and huge bruises on her on the back of her hips and the back of her legs and the back of her arms which is indicative of what she was hanging off the bed and being held down probably fighting with everything in her as they injected her rectally with this enema and then at some point after her death she was flipped over onto her back for a considerable period of time approximately two to three hours she was flipped over onto her back and then right before the police showed up lividity markings show that she was flipped back into her face down death position however her arms were placed down at her side at the um crime scene in this soldier's position which is a completely unnatural way to die nobody dies like that and there were so many red flags at the scene of the crime. And if we're not even going to talk about physical evidence, there was, let me find it here. I bet they took pictures. I oh, think they that's did. why they, they flipped did. her back over on her front so they could get her face in the picture. Oh, for sure. And so I was going to read you some of the documents that turned up missing after her death. Let me see if I can find it in my notes here. You're good. This is very informative. Uh, this is a great show so far. Thank you so much for. Oh, thank you for notice. having me. I uh, I love opening people's eyes to this kind of stuff because you watch yeah. one Netflix documentary, they start twisting your fucking brain around into thinking that no way the government could be involved in killing <laughs> Miss Monroe. Right. Fuck so, you. I mean, look at Epstein, right? And look at all of what's coming. I mean, freaking now we got Stephen Hawking, the cripple who uses a like a breathing tube to move around. Dude, like, he has a fucking colostomy bag. What is yeah. he doing with kids? Well, I'm sure it's the only way that he can pay paying for it or having it give it to him. Like, but still, like a kid's, you know. Oh god, but still, like. It just goes to show how interconnected, like Bill Gates and like all of this is all like one big web with, you know, Epstein wanted to do the breeding and stuff. And, he, you know, uh, so that is as an example, you look at Merrill, like that one person, Epstein, connected to so many people because of sexual blackmail. Hmm. You know, and like filming and whatever and like getting into like into other government's business like 
very similar to what we have with Marilyn. Like she's just one person, but you look at that list of like all that she's connected to and how she was even connected to that lookout mountain, whatever. Uh, yes. Like, whoa. Top secret clearance. Yeah. And so the, the weird thing is about Marilyn, if this has nothing to do with the government and she was just a horribly depressed woman who committed suicide, why is it that the original autopsy report went missing, the original police report went missing, the official medical reports went missing, uh, recordings of conversations from the mob and the government from tapped fucking bugs all over her house went missing right recordings from peter lawford's santa monica beach house went missing and then her organs went missing oh yeah and then <laughs> it doesn't Jeez. stop there it, but she killed herself remember then yeah. all of her private documents from her home all the filing cabinets are broken into all those documents went missing her journals went missing. Her tapes with her psychiatrist went missing. And um did other people die around her? No, uh, they got okay. sent off to other countries. Her fucking maid fucked off to Europe for like two years after her death. Wow. And didn't testify at the trial. I mean, there there was just so much shit. And the yeah. thing about it is. The police sergeant who was the first on the scene, he he was the one who got the first call. He was out on patrol. He got the call. When he got to Marilyn's house, there were already a bunch of cars there. People were had been there for a while. It wasn't like the housekeeper found her and then called the police. No, 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 no. He was like the fourth person to arrive. And so he knocks on the door. The housekeeper lets him in. Her psychiatrist has been called to the house. Her primary care doctor has been called to the house. And her agent has been called her before agent. the police get there. Because he's the one that really owns her, right? Yes. <laughs> and so he's looking around. Now everything's out of place. And he asked her psychiatrist as he's looking around and seeing all these inconsistencies with suicide, because he's seen a million suicides and this isn't one. Right off the top, he's like, this is not a suicide. None of this is making sense. And he asked her psychiatrist, he's like, okay, there is a knocked over empty pill bottle by Marilyn's bedside. And they're like, yeah, she took all of her pills. Fuck. <laughs> and he's like, okay. But there's no drinking glass or drink of any kind next to the pill bottle. So how... How did she swallow what later was found to be upwards of 120 pills? Huh. Yeah, and, not possible. Can you imagine trying to shoot those down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. So, so the psychiatrist gets freaked out when Sergeant Clemens asks him about this. And he looked over at the primary care physician and they start scratching their heads because they're like, oh, shit, she must have dry swallowed them. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 there has to be a drinking glass somewhere. So they start looking around for a drinking glass. And Sergeant Clemens is looking around. They're all, you know, trying to, be, oh, she definitely had a bottle of water somewhere. We just got to find it. And in the process of looking for this drinking glass, Sergeant Clemens discovers that Marilyn was in the process of renovating her home and the water to the house had actually been shut off 
making wow. it even more improbable wow. that she drank water <laughs> to take these pills because the autopsy report showed that she hadn't drank or ate anything all day. There was no food or soda pop or juice, nothing like that in her stomach. It was completely empty. So she would have had to either drink water or dry swallow those bitches. And guess what didn't happen? She didn't drink water because the water was cut off to her house. And she didn't fucking dry swallow 70 billion pills. Because they weren't in her stomach. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Okay. They find that the water is shut off. Mm -hmm. And so Sergeant Clemens is like, okay, fucking sus. Right off the top. How in the world is she going to die of a drug overdose with no water, nothing? And so uh, he makes a note of that. And then right before the other police officers arrive on the scene with the LAPD, you know, they send, they send the battalion in because it's Marilyn Monroe. So they've got all, they've got 20 police officers arriving. The newspapers want them to newspapers, make a big show tabloids, out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. And so how is it that there was no drinking glass next to the nightstand when Sergeant Clemens was there, but right before all the cameras arrived, oops, there goes a glass right next to the pill bottle for all. Oh, the all of a sudden it's over. there. Oh, wow. And there is an iconic photo of Marilyn dead in her bed with the yeah, pill yeah. bottle knocked over in a drinking glass right next to the pill bottle that they planted. So again, people, I'm telling you, if she was this depressed, sorrowful, pitiful woman that just had to end it all, why did they try so hard to plant all this evidence in cover all this shit up and and hide medical documents and take her organs and shit like what how does that even make sense it only makes sense if she was a monarch mk ultra monarch butterfly from their nest of butterflies you know like that's that seems to be the only thing that that connects and she all those had dots to have been a pretty high up one and the only reason diamonds a diamond level right and the reason i say that is because we have seen a lot of celebrity deaths and the crime scene has been sloppy they've left things the police reports are still you're still able to find everything kurt cobain is one of them the the yeah. crime scene was totally messy you can go and see all that shit he would have had to like pull the shotgun with his toe in his shoe right. well, his it's because it was, it, was, it was done by the drummer and the whole chick there you know what i mean like it the, wasn't it wasn't like done professionally but well i mean even the jfk killing they had like 15 different shooters and they almost he almost got away you know what i mean like they you know kept what going I'm shooting. Yeah, they, as, yeah as william ramsey puts it he drove into a shooting gallery <laughs> yeah whoa <laughs> that's Definitely. that's kill what box. it was yeah. yeah it was a kill box for sure Oof. We see throughout time that celebrities have been murdered and it's been pretty obvious that they didn't kill themselves or this wasn't an assassination or something like that. But you look at certain people like Marilyn and they went way out of their way to try to cover stuff, to try to confiscate evidence. And they don't do that for somebody who's just a stupid whore that right. fucked the president and got 
depressed and took a bunch of pills there why would they go to extreme levels if that's all that it was because she could write a book like thanks for the memories you know she could write a transformation america you know like if she wrote a book everybody would read it (laughs) you know what i mean like she was already an icon they created that Mm -hmm. so I mean, the most would... recent movie that I've seen that came out came out in like 2022 or 2023 about Marilyn. Wow, really? Yes, <laughs> they they are they are beating the shit out of this dead horse because they have to program your mind into thinking that nothing suspicious happened, right. that she grew up in an orphanage and she hated herself and was very insecure and she just had to take some pills and just kill herself. And to that, I say, first, go listen to my more detailed episode on Cosmic Beach Podcast. And for two, nothing is ever as easy or as simple as that. She Mm -hmm. got messy and she fell in love with JFK and he didn't want her. So she had to kill herself. (laughs) But then before she died, she regurgitated all of the pills in her stomach and then cleaned up her own vomit and then rolled herself around after she died i don't know how she did that she must be supernatural and then i mean give me a break yeah yeah that's like the magic bullet that killed jmk you know yeah these people are sloppy they're really not very good at what they do they found that the window to Marilyn's bedroom was broken and Mm. the psychiatrist said that she had locked her door and wouldn't let anyone in and the housekeeper got suspicious that she was up up to something so this uh the housekeeper called her psychiatrist over to the house and he had to break the window to get into Marilyn's bedroom the problem is upon further investigation all the broken glass was on the outside of the window folks it was all in the grass there was no broken glass inside the room which means that the perpetrator broke the glass from inside the bedroom did she break it trying to escape did she did they break it as part of the cover story doesn't matter they were in the room though wow (laughs) yeah I'm Man. telling you, nothing adds up. Not a bit <laughs> of it adds up to a suicide. So um, you mentioned for a second there that diamonds are forever. Uh, well, no, that's the 007 version. Diamonds are diamonds a girl's, are girl's Right. So have you seen Gentlemen Prefer Blondes? I haven't seen it all the way through. Don't uh, crucify me. Oh, uh, that's fine. Whatever. It's a set. But uh, so that movie in a general... It she like she's like beautiful woman and all she cares about is finding a man with money. And then she goes on this cruise with her friend and her friend is like brown haired chick, you know, the opposite, the two pillars. And the brown haired chick is like, Oh, find a good, nice, handsome man and you know, and she's like going with all the dishwashers and stuff, but but Marilyn's like holding out and then she sees this dude who's got like this diamond tiara. So stupid. <laughs> and he looks like a walrus like he's like big you know fat, fat ugly gross sloppy yep and and uh 
but she's like whoa and then she's like loving on him and being all like a little you know a beta sex Harley. kitten right? yeah, Harley. yeah yeah totally and uh so he like you know was gonna give the diamond to his like belongs to his wife but he gave it to her because like he loves her and like and then meanwhile there's like this poor guy that's trying to get at her so but anyway she's like mind controlled into thinking diamonds are what she desires like and then she has the final uh at the end of the of the thing final number she's singing and like all the other women have a black veil over their face and then yeah all the other dancers but she's got She's got blonde, beautiful. And then there's other women which are in black bondage and they're part of the furniture. Like in the chandelier. Like they're in there like tied down, legs open, black leather strappings and stuff. And they're just smiling blankly as like the chandelier goes around. Wow. Yeah, wow. And she's like dancing around all these like masked shit. And then there's like these dudes in tuxes that have, they got like this leather strap that looks like, like something you, you know, you bondage gear. BDSM shit. Yeah. And it's got like studs of big silly diamonds on there. And they're all like holding it up and it's like hanging like a flaccid penis or something. They're all like, holding it up for her to see and she's like oh like on either side of her face (laughs) yeah dude whoa and like they like have her in a trance with these diamonds and then if you learn you read like fritz springmeyer talks about like the diamond level is like presidential uh slave right so there's like the ruby level and there's like the emerald is for like the drugs and stuff and like the other you know they're used in different ways and mm-hmm. um and the diamonds are the elite prostitutes so like and it's like in the, fritz's book and there's a lot of things in his book which are like oh, very relative track. to what's happening and we see and everywhere on hollywood and all that you know government well if you look anything that i've ever found significant enough to put a whole episode together mentions some kind of a gemstone and you think about it and you're like okay wizard of oz super occult ruby yeah. slippers emerald oh, yeah. city oh yeah i mean come yeah on it's everywhere and then you look at the podesta brothers and they have these kids the paintings of these kids tied up and they all have ruby slippers on and there is john benet ramsey the most iconic picture of john benet ramsey is her with this emerald ring on and wow Wow. yeah yeah and so we're talking about marilyn and she's this diamond one dude they'll give them trinkets to like mm-hmm. now you've achieved this level and it's like putting a medal on it like a soldier guy you know like oh yay oh, oh, this level now dude john Bonet was already being used for drug trafficking probably among mm-hmm. other things i'm sure wow yeah the shit, the, they were, the they were selling is- her like that's messed up 
Anyway, they sorry. always refer no you're good they always refer to them as some type of a gemstone too because what was tuesday weld ruby right. tuesday exactly and then you have i mean the list goes on but if plus you, some of the altars can be gems like they that too can be programmed in as like uh i don't know but i don't want to get too specific because uh i don't have notes like to to help me right here but um uh but people should read fritz springmeyer's books like he's uh he knows what he's talking about and he helped me a lot about yeah. star trek too oh yeah wow there's a lot of pages about that but that i mean they that has a lot going on so fritz what uh what was it tell me what is it that they wowed you about was it their one thing that was like what <laughs> With Sprint, with Chris. yeah, the Star Trek thing that you were saying, like what? So he wrote this passage about underground tunnels mm -hmm. where they would send people in training as part of these programs, and they thought they were having the the day off, like ooh, we get to do a fun thing, and they would just be strapped down and have to watch Star Trek <laughs> all day. <laughs> I mean, really? Wow. Because there is programming within the programming. You know, I'm going to sit down and watch a program. That's right. what they used to say in the 60s. Did you see that television program? Right. Yeah, fuck you. There's, yeah. They just call it different stuff now. You, Oh, I saw that movie. I saw that show. Mm -hmm. It's still programming. I mean, they literally strapped people down, had them watch Star Trek all day. And you wonder, after you watch some of the old episodes, you kind of see why they might have had to watch Star Trek all day. But it's like Clockwork Orange. Like, it is like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> and, um, you know, they use certain movies for children. They have them watch the movies right. as the torture is occurring. Exactly. Yeah. Because they want the kid, as they're watching the movie, to disassociate into that fantasy land. Right. So they're watching Wizard of Oz, and they're going over the rainbow, and now they're in Munchkin land, and they're going to go to the Emerald City, right. and they're watching Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, all of these fantasy-type movies where oh, the parents aren't there. Right. And ever there. And you'll notice all those stories, the little kid goes into like a dream state and then goes to another land. Mm -hmm. All of them. Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, like she goes down the rabbit hole into this thing and like Wizard of Oz over the rainbow, right? And then like the like uh the nutcracker, you know, she like falls asleep and then she wakes up and like the fucking nutcracker the nutcracker's alive and he's got to fight this mouse rat thing and like like and all the toys are alive right yeah but the uncle the uncle is the one who gave her the nutcracker and he's all jealous because she loves the nutcracker and not him because he's a pedophile and he's like trying to win his Weird niece shit. dude Weird yeah shit. even that's the first ballet yeah, they, they get taken off and then they have to like fly through the sky and right. then there's like Peter all Pan. that. Shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Over the like the, you know, like straight on till morning, like third star, like whatever. Like it's all like they they go to they they dissociate and then they leave their themselves while the torture's happening. And then that the story can give them a map 
like to like oh the Alice in Wonderland or whatever okay now the like if you read the stories like okay the tree has like a lunch box like and then the kid they eat off the tree right and that has all this symbolism and the main like structure the internal programming is like the Kabbalistic tree of life and like these to eat programming is to like take on the will of the programmer you know like to internalize it and because have it become oh now it's my will like it's um there's a lot going on in these stories and some of them like lewis carroll (laughs) that you know charles dodgson his real name it he would like write the names in bold like italics and stuff for the reading the person the pedophile reading the story (laughs) can like you know over the rainbow and like sing it and like (laughs) and like so the kid is like put in this trance like after they're reading this normal tone normal tone monotone and like and it like puts the you know it like helps it like it's a brain worm like you know like a like like a tv like the commercials they they like a jingle or something yeah the jingle stays in there like so like that's while the kid is like you know sitting on the lap or being groped or whatever by like the dude is reading her the story by the written by the pedophile like it's like the dude like it's he's creating a story that makes it easier for pedophiles to groom the kids because and then like and then the structure like the cult pro they use that because it's 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 able to they can they they have a manage they can manage the imagination of they can they can uh capture the imagination as disney would say mm-hmm. of the kid the victims so that way they're not just imagining any old thing they're like oh this is you know that's why like you know bryce taylor was like when she was they her dad had like all these barbies in a case and like he would pull out like this is the stephanie you know and like you're stephanie now and he'd like spin her around and hold her in front of a mirror and then like you know and then while he's raping her she's like staring at the doll you know like thinking i'm stephanie i'm Stephanie, you know wow yeah, legit and that way they can keep track of like who's what and who's getting receiving what programming at what you know, because then he'll like put it away and he'll be like, and he says it like a rhyme, like Stephanie's done for the day, put it away, like, you know, in a case. Oh my like, God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And then, like, oh, yeah. It's not funny, but like, how sick. Right. So Barbie is like created the same way by like pedophiles to help introduce and groom the children about like sexual topics and, you know, um, the, barbie itself is like we talked about on your show (laughs) i like i talked to you about barbie and uh like she uh she like is dissociative identity she's like oh this is malibu barbie and oh it's like and it's like an empty husk that you (laughs) you totally blank duh and like you can take her clothes off and she just lays there still like okay (laughs) like you know (laughs) And the pro- the what problem a- is is there was nothing geared towards children about Marilyn, but yet there was a gentleman prefer blondes Barbie. Yes, which was featured in Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. And yes, the- and you know the dress, <laughs> the dress that the doll is wearing. If you rewind the film to the beginning, 
you'll see that that's the same exact outfit that Ziegler's wife is wearing when they meet when they first come into the door. Like Ziegler is carrying, he's got the old version of the, like the Marilyn Monroe version. His wife was that, you know, and she's still wearing the costume of Marilyn Monroe. Like gentlemen prefer blondes, right? She's got like the big diamonds around her neck and like the pink dress thing that she was doing in the last dance at the end. And that's what the Barbies do. It's like, it ties both, parts of the movie together and like Ziegler's got his old one there but he's looking at Alice and he's like Alice welcome yeah Alice you know because she's the younger you know she's the Alice in Wonderland yeah dude yeah and she's the queen and she was in the rituals and stuff and like you know his wife was probably like I don't know I'm not going to speculate but his wife is definitely wearing that dress like same well his wife is the old model that's right right and you know what's interesting is I found that Ziegler means bricklayer. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, you know. And the chair like, with the two-headed head, the two headed eagle and the mask with the eye and the pyramid. And, you know, it goes on. Like He's dressed like he's the Black Pope. Oh. And, you know. Yeah. Well, the, the Hierophant there, the red cloak. Everybody thinks that's Ziggler. Or the red, I'm sorry, the red pope. Sorry. Red, well, the red cloak guy, they call him red cloak because he's wearing the red cloak. He's got the gold face. He's like the sun, right? He's the gold face, like, um, because it's like a solar cult, uh, basically. Samiramis was, Samiramis is the, the, the earthly version of Ishtar, right, to Babylon, and she was married to Nimrod, who was like the first king. And uh, so, like, Samiramis is like, is like, they love that chick. Like, that's what the, the uh, Statue of Liberty is Samiramis. And she's pregnant because Samiramis, like, when her husband died, she was like, she became queen. And she was the first ruler, female ruler, um, because she convinced all the people that her she like had a baby with somebody else and she she like told everybody like oh i just like um isis and osiris oh i just had a baby with the dead guy and now he's in my belly now so now i'm still like he's still king and he's still alive you know wow it's like a death rebirth thing too like what jesus does you know <laughs> and like all the rest of them like um and nimrod's birthday is on the 25th of december like all that <laughs> So, but anyway, like, um, Samiramis is the Ishtar and like, so like she, uh, that's who they're worshiping. Right. And then like, as, uh, Alice walks into the door, she's got the star of Ishtar around her head. Like at the moment he says, Alice, she's like smiling and she's surrounded by the star of Ishtar and that that shows that she was uh in the ritual like she's still one of those ritual girls like um it's really interesting and like when you think about the hieros gamos and all of that like marilyn monroe was probably doing that like she was probably uh participating in uh i mean i guess i can't speculate i don't know but I I believe I think, I think both of us can speculate though, <laughs> right, right. on the evidence. Yeah. And the only reason I say red pope 
is because he oh, was right, swinging right. the incense. Like, oh, right. Well, that's a Catholic thing. Like, that's yeah, for sure. And they have him like in the cloak and shit. Like, right. he's like a pope and he's well, like, that's right. Them and you right. know what I'm saying? It, it was, I get that. And, and the it, Catholic religion is very occult in nature. <laughs> yes, it is. But, well, it's an extension of the old, of the of the pagan occultism. Of it's course like, it is, yeah. That's why they put Jesus on the 25th of December, because he's still they're still doing the same occult shit. Because they but, still want to keep their holiday. Right, right. And so the, the thing, right. yeah, and the thing is when he's swinging this incense and anointing them and, and going around in the circle and shit, to me, it's almost like he's kind of giving a nod in that direction, you know, of like, course. hey, does this look familiar? <laughs> right. Well, that's what they do. Uh, but they they do like the Satanism and the necromancy. They do uh, the opposite of the Catholic right, like the uh, the black mass or whatever is the opposite of the regular mass so like that's what it that's what's going on there uh it's like regular mass is digestible to program people who are wanting some type of spirituality under the f like a false hood and then the black mass is for people who are all the way initiated and they know exactly basically you know? i mean it's still like the white mass is still cannibalism and blood drinking you know they can't seem to get away from that type of shit but <laughs> but still like what in the eyes wide shut like he walks in a left-hand path he goes witter shins counterclockwise which is against the sun dial sill is with the sun counterclockwise is Wittershins, and that's left-hand path and he's uh swinging the thurible it's a thurible um and that is for consecrating the space so he's doing that walking around so making it ready to uh for the angels or demons that are arriving or the spirits or the non-corporeal human souls maybe um but that's what they're doing. They're like going around and then he consecrates the women with the smoke before each one of them gets up. He like bathes them with that thurible smoke and then they go over and they choose a dude. So like that, the space of the ritual, like where the carpet is, is also the woman is that space. And that's like, you know, you know preparing I... for the insemination. <laughs> Ahead. yeah and i'm glad you said that because i was just about to say the the version that we see is so heavily edited and so heavily i don't believe so i think so okay. because i think what they probably did not include is that what he's swinging around is what i mentioned earlier because it is almost like a fertility type of circle and he's anointing these women that's it's that is the burnt fucking offering and I think that they probably he may have he may have included something like that about it, but I'm telling you, dude, that's they they take the menstrual blood and they fucking dry it out and shit, and yeah. they turn it into these blood discs and they burn it and shit. That's and probably what's around. in the thurible, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a burnt offering, and he's anointing mm. these women with it. Like, yes, now right. you kiss, now you kiss, right. and it's weird fucking, and he's wearing yeah. the red and. Right. Well, the right. the kiss on, goes. The kiss also goes. Wittershins. It goes from one girl to the next girl, but in a counterclockwise. 
so like that and it's like bringing the the like it brings the energy to each one of them and then like it he consecrates them with the so yeah that um yeah that's i mean i i believe and then the the uh, jocelyn pook song is like a romanian chant that's played backwards so like i know like an exact and the romanian chant is like roman catholic you know what i mean um and then they got the freemason chair like like i you know i think that i don't know if uh where the webs connect but there's a lot going on in that movie but i mean let's bring it back to marilyn like so i i believe that uh she so are there other clues in between like was she able to have friends was that did she ever have friends they all kind of tattletailed on her i mean she didn't have a true friend like if she told one of her friends something they ran back and told everyone in the world what she said or what she was doing she didn't really have like a true friend in the world even her house freaking keeper hated her and said she was mean that Marilyn was mean and um, that she felt like that people who worked jobs like that were below her. Wow. Yeah. That she was just a real bitch. And so, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. She, maybe she was pro that was one of the programmed multiples. Yeah. She definitely had a lot of shit going on. My thing is, If we kind of look at the story arc of Eyes Wide Shut, maybe Marilyn was the girl at the end that was like, take me. I don't know. I don't know. She offered herself up for this. Mandy. Yeah. Right. Mandy was died of a drug overdose. Oh, (laughs) that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. Right. And, And the doors were locked. The police are happy. End of story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The newspaper clipping didn't actually say that they were happy. They they did want to speak to the men. They said there probably wasn't any foul play, but they wanted to know who the two men were that brought her home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, two men. But it was a similar thing in the newspaper with Marilyn. It said Monroe dead, pills to blame. And when I look at the newspaper clippings for Marilyn. And then you look at the newspaper clippings for Mandy. Both are M, <laughs> Monroe, Mandy, or Marilyn, Mandy. And it's right. the same thing, drug overdose. And you almost wonder if they were like, "We're if you don't um, give us what we want, we're going to assassinate John. And she's like, no, take me. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> like It's the same kind of story arc. I mean, if anybody would have known that story, Stanley would have known that, you know. If anybody would have known it, definitely Stanley would have known it. Yeah. And I've compa- but the problem is, I've also compared John Benet Ramsey to the Eyes Wide Shut story. That the fits pro- too. The, the thing is, is that it's an archetype, and that's what people don't right. understand, is that he could have been presenting an archetype, which is what they create in these women is this archetypal mm-hmm. programmed woman right or programmed child yeah like look at lily sobleski from the uh millich's rainbow fashions like she would wear all the makeup like just like john benet ramsey like 
she like like she looked like a clown with all that makeup like what are mm-hmm. they doing to that poor kid you know and then like you know she's like naked used as the honey trap and the people are locked in the room that's a glass room and it locks on the outside like mm-hmm. lock them in with the jailbait and see what happens like with their video camera right. of course and it's a blackmail room it's a trap like so it's like a honey trap maybe John Bonet was used uh maybe she was sold like uh at the like those two Asian gentlemen in quotes as they're leaving their he's like thank you gentlemen see you next time like oh and I can sell you my daughter in quotes daughter <laughs> you know like it doesn't have to be a costume right like yeah. so yeah. like the little girl was being like maybe what you're saying like John Bonet was also uh used for prostitution I believe a thousand percent yes I believe a thousand percent yes and my thing is there's so much evidence even looking at pictures of her you can see when she's not dead that she has stun gun marks all over her legs and shit that she was enduring atrocious trauma yeah, they use young age. Yeah, they use cattle prods in SRA programming for the uh they electrocute the children because it doesn't leave like a like it doesn't break the arm or break the skin or like um and it causes a lot of pain, you know. I think make... that she was midway into some type of a torture session and they accidentally killed her. That's my opinion. And then they didn't know what to do with the body. <laughs> and then all that weird stuff that they did afterwards was kind of to try to cover their tracks. But if you look at her autopsy, um, they a lot of respectable, I guess you would say, researchers who have looked at her markings after death say that they added that garrote in the broken off paintbrush handle to cover up the fact that she had been strangled to death but they don't think it was by the rope in the paintbrush really that yeah but she she, so she had the markings that she was strangled but it wasn't no fucking like Hmm. hickory dickory because the paintbrush was mom's paintbrush and yeah Yeah, and the rope was like from the craft supplies and stuff like that So it took them some time to kind of put this whole thing together to try to hide what really happened and how yeah. she died. And just like the water glass in Maryland, like suddenly appeared because, like, yeah. oh, damn, we forgot the water glass. Like something you know. else that people don't take into account is that the, the medical examiner made note but didn't put it in the official report that John Bonet's vaginal opening was two times the size that it should have been for a girl her age that she had what's called epithelial erosion in that it sh- she showed evidence of chronic sexual abuse and the medical examiner said that if you were to take this little girl into an emergency room, they would have her arrested her father immediately based on the damage that had been done. And so that's why when people say like, oh, she there was a there was a uh 
kidnapper that broke into the house and they did so the kidnapper caused years and years worth of damage to i mean the the sean the the yeah. evidence is just not it's not adding up the math ain't mathing with monroe with john benet with any of this shit and like the little girl from the poltergeist with the with heather o'rourke yes yeah. she had the anal trouble like it was same thing yeah but my thing is used up and then like oh shit she's dead like what do we do like they had to they had to co make a cover story which is what happened with Marilyn right. it's what happened with John Bonet it's what happened with Heather O'Rourke and they had and to make it so that everybody touched John Bonet's little body like so mm -hmm. that all the DNA was messed up like they they totally corrupted all of the DNA evidence and um it's almost my, like the cops work for problem, them they did and they were <laughs> at that party i'm sure my main problem with this whole thing is no one at, appointed me to have any type of you know say so in telling everyone all this stuff you know you would think that someone by now would have put the pieces together and presented this like an actual case but no it's podcasters it's people who have no agenda people who will get nothing out of it who want to come on and openly share this information and it's people like you and i that actually lead the revolution because we don't have any stake in whether or not you believe the story all we can do is present the facts and if you decide to believe it cool you're on the winning team but <laughs> yeah. if you don't like i hope you come to that realization later but the thing is there is no one who is going to be willing to come forward and be like i'm going to take this back to trial <laughs> nobody's going to do that yeah, nobody yeah. no nobody who has the power to actually do something about it is ever going to dredge this shit back up yeah well i mean the system is their system it is and yeah. you know they came out with this and it's like a sick twisted thing but i hope it's helpful in some way but they came out with this unsolved murder mystery game that you can go on amazon and buy and they send you unsolved murder cases and you try to solve them. They're actual real people. It has a picture of the real person, all the details from the crime on all the suspects. And they're letting just people like me and average Joes get cold case files and try to solve them for fun. Because that is how fucking useless the system is. <laughs> does the, does the, uh, <clears throat> does the kid contribute to the actual, uh, investigation? They solved shit. Wow. They have solved shit because well, if like, it works, hey, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> wow. My sister was all excited about it. She was like, I'm going to order it. I was wow. like, I want to see some of them. <laughs> that's I crazy because you um, can do shit like that. If you have access to Google, you can solve a whole fucking murder. It's crazy. Wow. I wonder if this is going to be part of the psyop like to steer people because like if you look at like what they did with hbo did with the west memphis three mm. they gave us those movies and everybody's like oh they're innocent and all the hollywood is like oh we love you and like uh, i mean 
you know, and then it went on from there. And now there's this whole Kim Kardashian again, the same one who ripped the dress. She is part of this uh, false. Uh, well, with the uh, she's trying to get convicted prisoners out of jail, people that did really bad things and really aren't innocent, uh, people that did horrific murders. Um, the Innocence Project, I think, but that's the general, the other one. But Kim Kardashian has this other one, the specific Innocence something, or like. Uh, but anyway, she talks about it. People can look it up. Uh, the it's really like uh, it's weird. I, Kim it's Kardashian trying to I, get people who did some fucked up shit out of jail, just like Damien Eccles. Right, right. And I think and it's like the it dark occult like trying to things. trying to like do good for the loyal people. Mm -hmm. But they take facts from the case and they twist them around to make them actually right. appear innocent, which is very confusing for people who don't actually want to put the time into looking into it right because they if can they present the case and twist it that's right if they present the case in these game cards a certain way the people will think a certain way and be like oh and the entire time like i just gotta say this because i'm an anarchist like the in the end it's like convict them or don't but it's up to the state to do that, you know, like mm -hmm. the, this ruler over me, like, oh, they're guilty. Go get them. Like, it's really a, it's a messed up, like, it's a mind virus, statism and like belief that we should have authority to like, I do think stop people down. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. And I, I, I really, you would have been so proud of me. <laughs> I just had this conversation with my cousin and my brother and they were really, they were on my side, but I'm always the one that's like, I would be different. And I was saying how a jury is supposed to be a jury of your peers. And they said, that's bullshit because no, no prosecuting attorney is going to pick a person to be on the jury that would find guilt or find innocence in the in the person or vice versa or find guilt in the person so they choose the jurors based off of like oh you look like you would side with my client you look like you would side with my client um or like you think you look like you'd be against my client and so that's how they pick the jury yeah, and yeah. so I was talking about like they better not put me on jury duty because I would be the one that hangs that motherfucker and I would send that guy to jail and da 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 and you know the problem is is that a lot of the jurors are paid off a lot of the jurors are fucking corrupt as fuck a lot yeah like there is no winning in those situations there is no justice really I mean not we usually. talked about casey anthony in in that episode that i brought it up we talked about oj we talked about all those people where the evidence was just a mountain against them and somehow they're able to just be like mm, acquitted right and that's there is no another Car there is no kardashian judge. right that's for the oj simpson trial like their dad kardashian again like whoa mm -hmm. and she got famous from a sex tape like trying to be like a, a sexy sex thing and her mom is the one that like was like oh this is the best one and like watched all the videos of her like doing it with i mean those people they are dark occult <laughs> you know look yeah. at what they did to kanye like mm -hmm. 
That's very interesting. And so, um, yeah. So, so okay. Uh, Marilyn Monroe was like the first. They were like rolling it out. Here's our butterfly, and we're manipulating and go buy diamonds for your wife now. Everybody, you have to have a diamond, you know. Uh, and then, like after that, it seems like all of them are like Marilyn Monroe, like the Upset. same formula. Well, I mean, the same formula. Like you got like Nicki Minaj, and you got like you know Britney Spears, and you know Katy Perry, and they dolly parton like you know mm -hmm. like it's like a thing and they're all doing what marilyn did you know uh for the music scene anyway um they are falling into the archetype right which right. is why i think that she was pivotal to the movement there were probably so many others that were in the program at the same time as her, but they, she was like their golden calf. Right. And she did get sacrificed. They did take her organs. God only knows what happened to them. They stole JFK's body too. They, yes, they did. And he was like, that's not him. Where is he? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he came back and his head was all reconstructed and shit. Oh, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. But they, they kept his brain. They did. Right. Yeah, they stole that organ. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably because of the evidence that it shows, but that's still. The like... evidence, but still, I mean, there's so many aspects to this. And that's why talking about Marilyn in this way is, it's a double tap, as I referred to <laughs> earlier. Because I'm talking about physical evidence. I'm talking about the uh, dark occult nature of this crime. I'm, I mean, you have looked into this a lot deeper than I have, like SRA, and you've talked yeah. to people who have been through it. You've read the books. I sometimes have a one-track mind, and I'll be like, well, if I'm going to cover it, I'm just going to go this way so I don't you know, overwhelm people. But the truth is, sometimes this shit is overwhelming. Yeah. And it's this sad part of it. Well, the best thing is like you do your own research like myself and I I commend you for that. A lot of people they just read stuff and they have an opinion or whatever. But like this way you can dig up what you find is most important. And so if you go in like I'm going to talk about this part of what's important but you still got to get all this other stuff in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, there's a lot more to be mined out, like to, so to, it's all in there. And like to go back with a flashlight and say, wait a minute, was that important? Oh yeah. Look at what, Oh, Whoa. And so that's why um, I'm glad that you came on the show and uh, that you, I think that's why I and I'm honored to come on and but I was going to say I think that's why it's so important to have community. Right. Because something that I overlook you don't overlook. <laughs> something that I would just be like flash past this part, next chapter, mm -hmm. you're like hang on a second, you can't you can't just start at the back of the book, Julia. <laughs> you know. So you do great though. No, you do fine. You don't go and jump. I mean, but I'm like you do learn all the stuff and I can tell. Like when you go on different shows, you're always saying something different even though it's Laurel Canyon on this show again. It's still more different I try. Stuff. I try. Yeah, you do and really it do. is just 
you know, I say this all the time, but once you pick a topic, no matter what it is, you can cover it in a 16 hour long episode and still miss shit and want to go back and say other stuff and do another two part 16 hour long episode and still not get everything. Podcasting is like, it's not, it doesn't have enough density of information like sometimes like you got to find a different medium do a different but i mean any like maybe make your own movie or documentary or something like really uh branch out if you can't get all the and you're frustrated about like oh 16 hours i'm still talking about like think of another way i'll bet you can think of something good <laughs> yeah but i really appreciate you having me on yeah. and to be honest with you we might come back and do a part two on this motherfucker well that'd be great if you <laughs> dig up more i would love to hear more and uh if you like now that you're thinking about like the way like um because the sra and the dark occult connection is, is is very important i mean as well as the mobster thing and like if you look at like I mentioned Epstein earlier, like look at like Whitney Webb's book, their uh, blackmail uh, in, in America, like once upon a blackmail in America or something. I forget the name of the title. But um, anyway, that describes how the beginning of the FBI was basically the marriage of the mob with the the intelligence agencies. And they've been working together since like Hoover. And they're working in blackmail. Like that's what Mm -hmm. the currency is. That's how everything is kept in order. And so like all of these blackmail things need to be populated. And you can't just have any old hooker. You got to have one that's like built to last, like ready to deal with Ted Kennedy and still live through it and be okay. Like, and you just need go to have someone time. that was built Ford tough in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Legit. Like Ted Kennedy for sure. Like, Oh, that bastard. I hope he's in hell rotting. Um, I hope he is in yeah. the hottest, most fiery part. Yeah. I hope that it, it, he's actually just on a continuous loop of someone doing that to him. Yeah. I hope he's yeah, like he's born into like a pig sauce. or something in yep. a freaking in like a slaughterhouse. So like has to yep. like watch the other pigs get murdered before he does. Like anyway, yeah, hopefully that's what real hell is, I think. I but. think so too. <laughs> but on but, that most yeah, like, positive of notes. Right. <laughs> uh, what, let's let's uh like Tell people you have a Patreon and tell people where they can find your, you have like extra content and you're doing other things. You have a, um, what is it? The room two, three, seven. Yes. Please tell us about that. Thank you. Yeah. So I have my podcast that you can listen to on any streaming platform. And I said this the other day to somebody at work and then I felt bad about it because she was like, where do I find your podcast? And I was like, Google me, bitch. <laughs> I was like, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I only say that to say if you Google Cosmic Peach podcast, if you don't have an iPhone or Apple or something, there will be a, a platform that you can listen to it on uh, Audible or YouTube, wherever. And the Patreon is actually, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash Cosmic Peach Podcast or just download the Patreon app. 
but it is called Room 237 because like Sean, I am a huge Kubrick fan and I just kind of wanted to pay a little homage to all of that research I've done with um, The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. So That's when great. you check into Room 237, you get all of the extended versions of the episodes and bonus content and early access to every single episode that I post. So you're always one step uh, in front of the rest of the listeners. You get first dibs on all of the content and um, episodes like this or previous episodes that Sean and I have done have been murdered from all major platforms. They have been, they don't like me. They have been assassinated. They have been taken down. So one of the beautiful parts about having Patreon is that I can post the full audio unfiltered, uncut on Patreon. And I am not afraid of it being removed. That's so wonderful. that is why another reason why I value it so much. But well, that's yeah, good. I mean, you, out there, you've been doing good for like you've been on for two years now. Uh, Going on three, three, this three year. years this year. Okay, mm-hmm. great. And it's almost like right. It's kind of the same as me. I think I'm three years this year too. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Have you really taken the black pill yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been living black pill. I've been eating black pill sandwiches. Like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I'm I'm getting really close because every new episode is just like, ah, I should just fucking die in a hole now. Man, don't let it get you down because people survive. Like that, like Carrie, my guest, like uh, last, we had three shows and uh, so far. <laughs> there's, there's more to come because she's great and uh also i think i'm i'm talking to nathan reynolds who was another sra survivor and Ooh, uh, a man he's, yep he's a gentleman and he's got a um a snatched from the flames is a book that he wrote and he's got some he's got a youtube uh, linen railroad anyway it's uh wow, so I'm, I it's talk great well, yeah, I'll 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 tell him. I'll I'll give him your email. If you or... would, that would be awesome. Because I always, I mean, I've only talked to one female, but I'm always reading books from females. Oh. It would be so interesting to get a male perspective. This dude's great. It's great, and I look forward to talking with him. I'm gonna. Um, he was like a super soldier type. Oh. So like, you know, he would have knives and shit. And like, uh, wow. we're going to talk about uh, Russ Dizdar and the Black Awakening. Like, wow. you know, he's like, listen, all the Black, uh, all Russ Dizdar's like, audio. Sorry, my dog is making noise. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, everybody should know by now listening to my show. But uh, anyway, like, they just please forgive Echo. Like, he just, he's old. <laughs> he, he makes noise. Um, but uh, so, yeah, like, um, uh, it would be good if you're like you are on the good side and I would trust that you would be good to talk with both of them so if you'd like I'll send them your email I uh, would highly appreciate you for that that would be cool it's, doing this podcast for three years sometimes you're like I don't even know what guests to have on now <laughs> I'm oh just, yeah you know no. it's hard to get connections with people it's hard to have them show up or like oh yeah i'll be there i'll be there and then it's just like oh i can't let's reschedule reschedule two years Uh, later we're still rescheduling and it's it's always interesting maybe like uh 
well, there's other people that are happy to share and there's big names that are happy to share out there. So uh, I would love to be... speak to anyone who will have me. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's great. But you're doing the good work and people should listen to Cosmic Peach podcast. And I, you know, I listen myself. Um, Thank you. Like, um, I, uh, I love your work and I like that you do your own research and you present it, you get excited inside and I relate to that. I'm like, yeah, same here. So <laughs> it's great. I have a little fire burning inside. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. And I'm glad you share it with everybody. And so people should check out cosmic peach podcast and you have a merch store too. You sell merch and people should yeah. check that out. Yeah, I have, um, I'm kind of like you, I like to design things based on, um, you know, a lot of the popular episodes that people like, which is something oh. new that I started. I just have a Laurel That's a good idea. now and <laughs> I have some other stuff. So cool. That's a cool idea because then you could have infinite designs. You could just keep right. You know, like... And something else that people don't appreciate is that I create these shits yeah legit. No, that takes time yeah you know? it does yeah and like and and to make artwork you got to have that little fire inside to keep you because you're oh. like oh that doesn't look right uh, a lot of people give up like you gotta like really care and like so that's you great start staring at it for too long and you're like this does what it, what am i looking at so yeah. like <laughs> and it's got to be perfect right you know like oh you know like oh, you keep looking you're the worst critic like a lot of times but but it's still like it yeah it happens but no you do a good job and uh, thank you that's great so <laughs> I really that's great i'm like i uh thank you so much for giving me your and all the listeners your time and all everybody should check out cosmic peach podcast and we will have you on again i'm sure uh please keep us informed if you find more information about maryland that you want to share and uh people should check out the two shows that you did on in your roster of shows about Marilyn Monroe, if they want to learn more. And uh, thank you again. Anything else you want to say before we go? No, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, this was great. Thank you again. And uh, thank you listeners for listening. We will see you next time on Wake the Dead. <laughs>